Hey everyone, we're back with another episode, another wonderful episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast. Nolan is very, very excited about this week's episode. It was, of course, my choice this week. We've hit episode 10, so I think we deserve a round of applause for that. Do we not give ourselves a round of applause for that? Nobody else's. I'm not so sure if I should give you a round of applause for this movie, though. Why? Oh, don't be cruel. There's no need for that. Um, but yes, what we, uh, what I chose for this week's film was Witchfinder General from 1968, uh, because I wanted to instill a bit of Vincent Price into this show, and. Uh, this is it's a weird one in in Price's resume. Um, it's a great film, and it's quite unlike any film we've actually done, or probably will do, to be honest, just because of it of the nature of it. But I know this was Nolan's first time watching it, and I also know that to potentially confuse any American listeners, I believe it's not called Witchfinder General. In America, I believe it's the Conqueror Worm, because you know, like they like to shoehorn Edgar Allan Poe into every possible thing in horror around that time in America, even though it's got absolutely nothing to do with him. Um, but it, I don't think it's called Witchfinder General in America. But Nolan, first first impressions on the on Witchfinder General. Morgan, I love you, but... I know you do. I know you do. Fuck you for making me watch this. Why? (laughs) Why are you so offended? This should not be going the way it's going right now. I'm not offended, but this... This is such a strange movie, and I barely know if I even liked it or not, but I appreciated the craftsmanship behind it, and... Like, the story was pretty cool, and like, like one of our friends, Kimber, she loves movies about villains. I feel like this is something that would be way up her street, a little bit more oh, oh, so you can than be damn mine. Sure. You can be damn sure this is up Kimber's street. I think that goes without saying. Um, l- look, I know it's a bit of a curveball, considering what we've done. In the in these first ten episodes, I'm fully aware of that fact, but I wanted to do something a bit different, and it's a film I really like. I um, know. Not not in the sense that I actually enjoy watching it because it's 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 quite horrible. But, um, <laughs> That's an understatement right there. <laughs> but I, people who know me know I have, I'm a I'm a I'm a big horror guy. This is just violent and nasty. And it does take a certain type of person to like that stuff. Nolan, you are clearly not that person. It's not so much that I didn't like it. Like, from a craft structure, it's beautiful. Some of the scenes, are they're shot to disturb you, and it does that effect. But it's just that I find disturbing things disturbing. And, and I do not. I, and I wouldn't want to go back and be redisturbed. Like, there's an example I can use now. Uh, there's this video game called Manhunt that came out from Rockstar Games a couple years ago. And in that, you take control of this guy on death row and you have to escape prison and try kill all these guards and stuff. And in really brutal ways, like sort of suffocating them with bags. And it has this weird, eerie element that just makes you feel bad for controlling this person like you want to take a shower after it this movie gave me that feeling and i'm I'm sure maybe that's part of its appeal for you but i don't know this this isn't really something i can see myself re-watching but i do respect what went into it okay i i understand that i definitely definitely understand that obviously this isn't a film that you can recommend to people who are faint of heart or anything like that, shall we say, because it is brutal. Horrendously so. Oh, yeah. There's that There's that five 
five to seven year period of the late 60s, early 70s, where exploitation in film was just rife because people were just trying new wacky different things and just pushing boundaries as much as possible. Um, I mean, you, you saw that sort of in horror anyway around this time. And even before, there's a, always a lot of blood. If Even if you go back to the late 50s, there was always a great deal of blood shown in horror, and that was its appeal. Um, but what horror sort of evolved into in the late 60s and early 70s, especially in Britain, and this is a British film, was the tiny little subgenre of folk horror, which The Wicker Man also falls under. Of course, The Wicker Man is essentially... I don't know. I don't know. They're not... They are both to do with religion, heavily. And religion's always a main part of horror anyway, more so in folk horror. But I think that the term folk horror just personifies it really well because it's always in some sort of really rural place. And both The Wicker Man and Witchfinder General, they're always really rural. Um, some guy comes in who is unfamiliar with that territory and in the case of The Wicker Man, completely fails. And in the case of Witchfinder General completely succeeds in what he's doing um but that's sort of two sides of the same coin because you're following who is the quote-unquote hero of wicker man and the quote-unquote villain of Witchfinder general and that is vincent price who is uh is just terrifying he, he is and i'm definitely going to give him props for that he's got one of those Sort of, he always has a presence whenever I see like a Vincent Price thing. Like, even when you look at stuff like House on Haunted Hill and things like this, and hell, even his appearances on the Scooby Doo cartoons. My, my, my favorite, of course, the Haunted Palace with Vincent Price. He's he's got a presence about him, and he is extremely menacing. In fact, I'm surprised he never ended up playing like a James Bond villain in his time because I think he would have been perfect for that. But uh, it, I can see where in this how Vincent Price might have influenced a lot of actors that we know nowadays. Like one that immediately sprung to mind for me was Daniel Day Lewis, because this okay. was almost exactly like Daniel Day Lewis's character in There Will Be Blood for me. Funnily enough, we're bringing up we brought up Kimber earlier. That's what me and her talked about on Movies and Me a couple months ago. So it's yes. it's funny that I can make that connection, and it's got a kind of there will be blood vibe to it as well. Please elaborate on that because I'm very interested in this whole point. Well, it goes back to what you were saying. There's no real hero in this story, and not by the you're end. You're kind no, of you are presented no. with the uh, marshal or whatever corporal, whatever he's ranking the. <laughs> army is he's sort of the poster boy hero um I sh we should yeah, we should also explain that this film is set in the english civil war in 1645 and that part i love is about uh yeah vincent price coming into town witch hunting pretty much it that's all you really need to know and, and w witchcraft has always interested me in fiction because there's so oh, yeah. many different ways it can be explored you can have it be fun like in the harry potter movies you can have it be horrifying like in the witch or you can have it in this movie where it's a mix of horrifying and downright sad because the opening scene of this there's mm. a woman who i presume was a witch or was accused of being a witch just being dragged by her just being dragged by her hair through the street and it was just it was unsettling to look at, and I just... Something about the hanging scene with her, it looked so freaking real. And for a movie from the 60s, like, bloody hell. I'm going to have nightmares about that for a while. What, what that opening scene does really, really well, though, is set up what you're in for for the next 80 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just... It's, 
it starts you with that and says, oh, okay, this is what I'm watching right now. And you just like, you can go one or two ways. You can go, I'm into it. Or, no, turn it off, go. And uh, we, we, I think the, we're very different. Even though you did stick on and watch it, but I don't think you would have done if you hadn't have had to do it for this. I, I probably would have just watched it once and been like, okay, that was an experience. But this isn't something that you throw on for like a first date movie or uh, something like that. So, well, it depends who your first date's with. If your first date is with someone who really appreciates Vincent Price and doesn't get disturbed by this kind of shit, go ahead. If um, if she wants to watch uh, Mean Girls, don't offer this as a replacement. Hi. What 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 do you want to watch, dear? No, we're not watching that. We're watching Witchfinder General instead. You'll like this. And then the next day, for weeks. The next day ends in divorce, breakup, and likely a restraining order. Maybe not a restraining order. I mean, I've not done anything. Blame Matthew Hopkins. I've not done anything. But um, the thing that really impressed me the most about this was there's something about these old uh, movies that we've been watching where they feel like if they were on the stage, they would work just as well because it's presented with very theatrical-sounding dialogue, like theatrical performances and you can tell each actor is really committing to them really well and you know that's something that always impresses me when i go back and watch classics oh yeah absolutely for to an extent film has lost its theatricality there's a few nowadays that do but it's very rare and it it does make me appreciate it more when it is shown um in today's films it's almost why i do like because older stuff because i i it's weird i know and whenever i say this to people i like to know i'm watching a film when i'm watching a film mm-hmm. i don't want to i don't watch a film for it to be a projection of real life so you wouldn't watch, watch boyhood or like any richard Linklater no. film no I, I like no i like I like stuff like that, but what I'm saying is that I like being aware that there are actors on screen and someone behind a camera and things have been thought out and everything has been put together. I, I get what and you I'm, mean. You know? You'd probably really sure like theatre then. This. I probably would like theatre if, if, if I went more, um, but I, I don't go. Uh, but yeah, I I I like knowing that what I'm watching isn't real, basically, which is kind of weird compared to most film fans I've come across that very much so like to be um, or like to believe for an hour and a half that what they're watching is real. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between being immersed in something and sort of being halfway immersed that you still understand it's not real but you're still encapsulated by it anyway i think that's yeah, what you're going absolutely. for that's absolutely what i'm going for i guess that's also why i can watch anything that is any sort of horrendously brutal violent or you know graphic in any way just because i know it's well i'm not watching it in the street that's that's fair enough you know, it's why I can watch stuff like this. I, I always, I always like telling the story of one time I invited people over to my house to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Texas that didn't go down. That didn't go down well. I would much rather a, watch a, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, but it's still a bit brutal and nasty. But it's not that you know that wasn't good for a group film night. Which Finder General would be terrible for a group film night. There's a bunch of other examples I can think of in the same category. Like, fucking... Uh, the one that comes to mind immediately is, like, The Witch or The Babadook. Oh, yeah, but I mean... They're to, great movies, to an extent, but... To an extent where I'm more talking about stuff that is just overly brutal... And from that weird five to seven year period of the late 60s, early 70s, 
when people just thought, well, we can do what we want now. <laughs> now that there's no studios in, in direct power of anything. I I think you're one of those guys who, when you watch Misery, you replay the hobbling scene over and over with a big smile on your face. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've gotten silly. Uh, but it is by far my favourite scene. And I am... Yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. I accept it's very strange. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean I like the idea of hobbling someone. I know, I know, I know. I like the idea of hanging people for a witch, or burning people, or dunking people for a witch. Let's talk about that scene. That was the one that okay. got to me the most. The Okay, let's talk about the dunking scene, because the dunking scene is my... Also, should point out, in this film, we do get all three major witch trials. Hanging, dunking, and burning. Uh, they don't just focus on one. It's not like Salem witch trials here, where they just hung people. Mind you, they pressed that one guy to death. Ugh. That was quite fun. Pressing to death. That actually might be my favourite way to uh, medievally kill someone. Uh, well, just as well we don't live in medieval times. And yes, I'm not it on is. Your that is true. Giles Corey pressed to death. His last words were, "Do you know?" I, I I might have been too disturbed to even remember them. Please remind me. His 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 last words were more weight. More weight. That's real life. That's the real-life Salem witch trials. That's nothing to do Ugh. with Witchfinder General. Um, but yeah, if you want to talk about the dunking scene, go ahead, because it's my favourite scene, because it gives me one of my favourite price quotes that I have on a T-shirt. Well, I'll let you say that quote after I talk about this scene. Please do. I mean, I, I love horror, and... Um, I also have a lot of empathy for main characters on screen. I like to I like to sort of empathize with everybody I see and the the funny thing is this movie Witchfinder General the people that are getting punished maybe it was something I missed but I don't recall them doing anything that could be considered witchcraft in the movie at all. It, no, it but felt, that that is it just felt like innocent point. people getting killed for yeah. no reason. Well that was that was witch hunts. That was what being a witch was ultimately like. Um, you you were called a witch by someone you didn't like. You had no way of disproving it, and you were just killed. That was how wrong and fascinating and crazy witch law is in Britain, especially. And. I, I, I'm I'm terrified of water. Y you know this because uh, I yes. saw Jaws when I was eight, and I haven't been in the ocean since. And seeing someone just getting dunked in like this manky river, and you can tell they don't have any control over it. They're just and they're even kind of torturing them with it by pulling them back up for a little bit of air and then dunking them right back in. It was just no. It's very rare that a film gets under my skin like this, but that just, like... That was full-on panic attack kind of shit. And you see I what mean, you've done to me with this? I have, I do see what I've done to you, and I really do apologise. Anyone listening to this, I've seriously tortured him today. <laughs> but it's I, a movie I, I do appreciate for its craft, and I won't put it down for that. It's a very well-made film. I just hope by the end of uh, this, when Nolan tells us what he's picked for next week, that he's picked something equally as torture-filled <sighs> for me. Um, but not with actual torture like Witchfinder General has. Because, as we've already discussed, I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, what I, what I love about that dunking scene, and yeah, I know... It's it's not pleasant to watch, and I, in my in my copy of the film that I own, I even have the copy that has sort of remastered and re-put in originally banned, cut-out little shots and scenes of just even more graphic violence. 
I don't think I had that copy, so you're gonna have to tell me. That makes sense. But there's not like it's just the odd shot every now and every now and again, and you can tell because the actual uh, shots that are put in are in a, a lower quality to the rest of the film because they were just never shown. Basically, they were just found for this DVD copy that I own um, and put in. And the, the Dunkin' scene has a couple okay. where it's just go like on. people's horrendous bloody faces it's it's really unpleasant but my favorite part about the dunking scene is it's the simplest technique of camera it's just framing price in the in the low angle shot just to make him look huge and just in complete and total power and it's such a simple thing that is that people the camera you know cinematographers have been doing for a century but it's it just works perfectly, and then the uh, immortal line: "They swim; the mark of Satan is upon them. They must hang." You see, the chills are coming back right now. And I have on the T-shirt: "I have the mark of Satan is upon them." <laughs> it's 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 such a good film for pr- for for. Honing in your your price impression. It's got so many good price quotes. Watching this, I can definitely see why you like Vincent Price as much as you do. He's got a charisma that was that's just unmatched. And this obviously obviously I like him when he's been a bit more silly and a bit more lighthearted. This is just so far It's vile. Violent, horrible side. Of a character that he has played, he's never he's not gone anywhere near this. The most I can possibly think that he's gone this villainous is in Mask of the Red Death, especially in the opening of that, where he basically spits on peasants because they are dying of plague, um, <laughs> which is just nonsense. Uh, but yeah, even. Even when he's playing someone so horrible, he and does it well. Matthew Hopkins, you can you you, if you look into the history of English witchcraft, you'll know that Matthew Hopkins, basically, I think he executed over three hundred people for for witchcraft in the space of three years. I believe in three centuries. There was only five hundred people executed in Britain for witchcraft. He did three hundred of them in three years. Uh, yeah, so I can say goodbye to that's I can say madness. goodbye to sleep tonight. But all that aside, all that aside, who who's worse though? Is is Matthew Hopkins worse or is John Stern his sidekick worse? Because let's not forget that he is a rapist. True. And he's also much... Price has got the... Or I should say Hopkins has got the sort of... He's being villainous, but he's sort of calm about it. And this guy's just a bit of a maniac. If if I could compare that, that's kind of like the difference between Joffrey Baratheon and Ramsay Bolton, two of the most despicable <laughs> Game of Thrones characters. One is yes, being villainous, true. but is also kind of charismatic, and you love him for it in Ramsay. One of them's just a fucking shithead, Joffrey. Yeah, that's a that's a really nice point. I like that point a lot. I didn't think you'd be bringing up Game of Thrones points either. I did actually look up some you trivia. For this, which I, one I found trivia. very interesting. Okay, shoot. So, uh, you, are you aware of the director Nicholas Winding Refn? Yes. Yeah, so, behind such masterpieces as Drive and The Neon Demon and things like that. Um, the Neon Demon. He um he apparently wants to remake this. He's already bought the rights what? for it. Oh no! Could you imagine his style with this kind of story? I can't. Im- Oh, God, it'd be gory. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He'd probably cast Keanu Reeves as uh, 
Vincent Price's role now that I think oh, about yes. it. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Now I'm imagining Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. No. That. I mean, see, I mean, it is a kind of similar feel. Like the Neon Demon, I love the technique and everything, but it did disturb me. This is a very similar kind of thing. Yeah, but I, I just, I just don't think films like this can work now. Yeah, I can see where you're coming it's, from with that. It's so much a product of its time. But then again, most it, of Nicholas Winding Refn's films are very of themselves and don't have a lot of mainstream, like, I'd say service true, to them. But, but I mean, to go and do a, you know, a period piece set in the 17th century in Britain compared to what Winding Refn has done seems a bit i mean if something comes of that maybe you know that's going to get as far as the suspiria remake that's been going around for seven years but nobody's actually ever heard anything about i completely forgot that was happening actually exactly see maybe this is just the same maybe the the long lost witch finder general remake that will never actually happen and i'd be perfectly satisfied if it didn't yeah i uh what 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 else do you think? What do you make of the um, of the more love story aspect to Witchfinder General? I mean, is it a love story? Can you call it that? Because it felt a lot more like entitlement to me. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. But you know, it's it's the more it's the more love story. I was yes, I was kind of so disturbed by everything else that that kind of went way over my head. I must say, I, I'm i not entirely sure why. They probably just had it in there so it wasn't 80 minutes of price hanging people. Which I would have um, been fine and, with, to be honest. And to have a bit of the story because, yeah, it does all lead up to that horrendous climax. And it is a bit weird because perfect. usually for love stories to work, you need to sort of empathize with the main character a bit. And I don't empathize with Price's character in this at all. I'm scared of him. It's like Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler kind of scary. And even worse than that, like it's like a cross between Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood and Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler. Not, it's a character that you can be impressed by and be terrified of, but not someone that you empathize with. No, not no, not not at all. But um, the the roundhead army person, Marshall, someone Marshall, <laughs> Richard, Richard Marshall, that's his name. Um, he is he is to marry his his his, his girl and. Then Price comes into to the village, accuses uh, the the priest of being a witch, the priest who is the uncle of of Richard's fiance. She also, of course, doesn't it doesn't go all that well for 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 Sarah. It does not. Once, once her uncle is being, but it, and then it sort of turns into a revenge story for Richard because he wants to get revenge on, on Matthew Hopkins for unjustly executing the priest uh, which is fair enough because all witches were executed unjustly because there aren't such things as witches yes <laughs> so you know, I like that. Despite what my ex girlfriend might prove, there are no <laughs> things as witches, apart from in like Harry Potter. Well, yes, but they're good witches. Much different type of witch. Got absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> Satan. Jesus, I I mean, fucking uh, Price in this movie would make Voldemort his little bitch. <laughs> Price. Matthew Hopkins versus Voldemort. Who kills more witches? That is a fantastic argument. That 
is going to be our poll for this week. <laughs> Fantastic. Nolan, as I'm putting this poll out, um, I've just mentioned that this turns into somewhat of a revenge tale. Uh, where does this story end up once we get to the end of the film? I mean, the climax is sort of like everything it's been building up to just comes out in like glorious rage, and you have both the sidekick and uh, Vincent Price's character just battling it out in such brutal fashion. Like, it's not like it. If it's not just more, it's more than just like a battle of wits and stuff. It's full on bloody, no holds barred violence. Like. They could be shooting each other, they could be punching each other, they could be hitting each other with fucking axes. It's, it's That's just, my favourite part. You, can, when, you feel I mean, so much not, for it. But it's horrific. Like, I, I expect in your copy as well, the axe uh, isn't shown as much as it would be in mine. No, I, I think there was like I, two shots of it in my copy. I... I don't I don't want to see Vincent Price getting hacked to pieces by an axe. That's horrific for me. I can't deal with that. That is the worst part of this film for me. <laughs> I was just like, oh god no. Don't do that to him. There's no call to bring an axe into play. I'm sorry. He might have been horrible to you. He'd not like yeah, because John Stern is doing all that weird stuff with the knife in people's backs and yeah confess 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 and when when a lot of this film is also set in very dank jail cells (laughs) it's got a really dirty feel to it which also like you said before the craft of it is just perfect for what it is yes and i i would actually not so much like to see this um as a remake as such, yeah, I would love to see this brought to the theatre. I think it would be perfect. Maybe you should try directing it in the theatre. If Have I get any... about doing that? If I get any connections in the theatre and someone wants to do Witchfinder General, sure. Would you... That's a, that's a pretty dark play. I mean, I've seen very dark plays. That's a... No children allowed in this play... Oh no 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 no! But th- then again, I saw Misery and the Woman in Black live in- on stage, and that those were fucking horrifying. Is there something about the theater where there's not like a? Um, I think for some plays there will be, but it'll be like a fifteen plus because you know they can't show as much graphic violence in a theater just because you know reality. Well, yeah, that's but, true. Uh... That's true. Um, but I could definitely see this vibe working for a stage play. Yeah. <laughs> You couldn't get anybody to replace Price. You just couldn't. Just go to your local drama school, ask the teacher. He probably thinks he's going to be like a, but, a Price type. But a Price, no one's a Price type. The man is Priceless. <laughs> that's priceless. true. Uh, that's an old point. I, I can't mind. believe he, I can't believe Vincent Price never played a James Bond villain. That would have been so perfect for him. What what sort of Bond villain? I I think he would have been a great like as um. I, I, honestly, I I would have loved to see him as Blofeld. Price I think he would have added Blofeld. a lot of menace to that. I'm, no no no. Or like no, as Doctor. No no. Let's just re. Let's just all remember what happened the last time Price played a bald headed character. He spent the afternoon throwing eggs at Batman. <laughs> We can't have Price playing a bald-headed character in a grey costume. But uh, more or less, uh, I I don't think there's a specific character he could play, but he's got that kind of presence where I could see him being a very menacing James Bond villain. He was doing far too much glorious stuff in the horror genre. Um, What is also quite strange is that it's... This is... This is a British film, and Price is in it only because it's got an American distributor. Oh, oh, oh. I man, there's a lot of trivia with this. I am sure 
that the director of Witchfinder General did not want Price and was quite horrible to him on set. Like, how can you be horrible to someone like Price? But I th- I d- Maybe it's to get him into the mind of the character, Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe. Some directors can be total shitheads, just look at Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I mean, that there, and there's the debate, and there's the debate right there. If it works to aid the character, should a director be horrible to the cast? I mean, my viewpoint on that is a completely different story. I think if you have to emotionally torture the people you work yeah. with in order to make your art work, then that's a sign to me that your art wasn't that good in the first place. But hey, I've been proven wrong in the past. I mean, I know that's a big reason you don't like The Shining. Or you don't care for The it's Shining one of the as reasons. much as, obviously, the book. I completely get that. It's a very... it's a argument I go back and forth on all the time. Um, On, you know, the line that directors can cross sometimes into... And I'm not saying that happened at all on... This is a bit of a tangent. I'm not saying that happened at all in Witchfinder General. But I know that directors, obviously, Kubrick, well known for it, going past the line of acceptability in order to get his actors to do what he wanted them to do. Yeah, and if and if you like that kind of stuff, despite it, if you like the art, that that's fine. I'm not going to say you're wrong for it. That's just my personal view on how directors should work. I mean, look at people like uh, nowadays, like um, like Ava DuVernay, who's so respectful to her cast and the people she works with, and she, and it feels like working with her would be a great time, and you'd also make something really good out of it. I don't think you should have to resort to doing that in order to no. make a movie work it shouldn't it shouldn't be like um a go-to example of how to be a good director and i feel people take away the wrong message from it yeah not no not at all i'm completely i mean just look at josh trank he was a complete asshole on his set and it didn't turn out so well for him i i also forgot he existed but we're not talking about him are we? we're talking Thankfully. about yeah is there anything is there anything that you actually like? I know you said you appreciated the way this film was made. Is there anything you actually liked in Witchfinder General? Yes, um, the dunking scene, Price's performance, the opening scene did a great job of a job of establishing the whole tone. I think that was really well done, and just the um, the ending scene just it had this weird thing of sort of sticking in my mind, like. Like, I, I replayed it a couple times before we started. Okay. And it's just like um, his sidekick, you said his name was uh, John, John right? Stern, yeah. John Stern, and yeah, and you know, after Vincent Price's character has been killed, he's just going fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a ho- holy shit, what have I done moment. And the movie just ends with a scream. Yeah. And usually when uh, I always judge a film based on where it starts and where it ends so I can see if there's been any like good character growth or like uh, emotional story growth and the fact that this film opened with uh, a woman being dragged through the street screaming to her death and then ends with a woman screaming at the insanity of someone else's death who maybe even was more deserving of it I think that says a lot about the message of what this film is trying to portray, and I give it props for sticking to that and nailing it, as far as I say. Yeah, it is It is purely and simply a depiction of the horrors of witch hunting, and just how... It's a true horror film. It is, it really is. It's not, you know, there's no masked killer going around killing teenagers. This is, this is real life horror because this was actually happening centuries ago. Um, and it, it's, it's awful to think that people could get away with executing hundreds of people for witches because they were claiming to do the Lord's work. Yeah, it's... Uh... And that is it. That's all the justification they needed... To, I don't think I hated do this. this movie at all, actually. I think it's it's something that I wouldn't mind re-watching somewhere down the line, but it's not something I'm going to stick in like every so often like I do with a couple films no. I rewatch. 
I mean, e even me, it's it's not something you can exactly watch a great deal. But I, whenever I do, I do always find myself, firstly, it's nice, not nice, but cool to see Vincent Price playing someone so despicable, um, yeah. for me, at least. And also, whenever I'm in a witchy mood, it's a good one to put on. Because I'm a big fan of... Yeah, of of the history of witch, witches and witchcraft in Britain. Here's the difference between me and you. When you're in a witchy mood, you put this on. When I'm in a witchy mood, I either read Sabrina comics or I watch Harry Potter. Well, you know, I'll yeah, I, I like I'll either put this on. I'll put like the Crucible on. That's Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, Crucible. That's the Salem Witch Trials. Or I'll put like the Witch on. Or something that's just heavily religious and is about, like, quote-unquote, real witchcraft. Not that that ever existed, but you know I, what I mean. I mean, witchcraft I find the, in the real world. I find the Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz scary. She's nothing compared to the people in this. I would like to see a battle between Matthew Hopkins and the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> what would he do there? He'd just be he'd be using the act to chop away all the flying monkeys. <laughs> oh, and you know what? I'll just get it out of the way. You know what would have lightened this film up? Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> Shrek in which... You know what? You know what? That is the worst <laughs> Shrek mention that you've done in ten episodes. We've not even mentioned it in, in all ten, but that is by far the necessary inclusion of Shrek. Replace uh, John with Shrek. I tell you what, Shrek wouldn't have gone down very well in 1645. But, uh, probably not. <laughs> There's a lot of magic in Shrek. Matthew Hopkins but, would not uh, since, since you asked me what I liked about it, uh, let's get your thoughts. Since you picked it, what, what do you like about this? Make the case for this movie, I guess. The way to make the case for this movie is if... It's difficult to, but if you if you want to see, first of all, if you're witches, you should watch Witchfinder General. Um, if you're a Price fan, you should watch Witchfinder General because um, it's one of his best roles, even though it's one of his most unusual. Um, and yeah, if you're if you like that weird sort of exploitation horror period of the late 60s early 70s when people were just trying all sorts of gory graphic things to just evoke the just visceral pain and it does make you feel viscerally with the characters you are sort of especially on this copy i have like i said where there's just all these little added shots of just like really graphically beaten faces and stuff it's just nasty to look at but if you're weirdly into that in watching films and there wouldn't be films mm -hmm. like this if people didn't like that or people didn't like um watching films like that obviously nobody likes that that would be ridiculous um <laughs> we're not i'm i promise you i'm not violent in any way and no one can testify you are probably the least violent think, person that I, I know. I think that's... I don't know. Okay? I just don't know. Oh, I'm going to find a general if you think you can handle it. Because, believe me, not... I don't think many people could just because it's that nasty. You know what the worst part about it was? What? Well, um, I, I went to Aldi earlier today, picked up a nice roast chicken and made it for me what and my brother... I had that before I watched this movie, and fucking hell. You didn't throw it up, did you? No, but I could have. I'm I'm very glad you didn't throw throw your chicken up after watching <laughs> Witchfinder General. That would have been that would have been a really bad way to uh, to end what is a lovely film. <laughs> what is really not but yeah like i said there's a reason i picked this it was because it was just so different to anything we'd done so far i'm and sure we'll I've get back next week is pretty I'm different i'm sure we'll too. get back to the nice romantic films soon nice fun 
uh, old old school, lovely, lovely stuff soon. Uh, maybe even next week. So why don't we go into that now, Nolan? If, what have you uh, got for us? If you are a um, if you're good at picking up on clues, I've been dropping hints to what we're doing next week. This whole episode. Well, you mentioned the Wicked Witch of the West. It's not. It's not the Wizard of Oz. Oh, it's not the Wizard of Oz. That would be strange doing two witch-based films in a in a row. I I have honestly there is a person been... in it that you could consider a witch, but she's not a witch. A witch. I've not been very observant. I don't think. I have absolutely no idea. Oh, you're doing a Bond film. I'm doing my all-time favorite Bond film. Which is... From Russia with Love. Oh, yes. I will stand by. It It is the best made Bond film of all time for me. I like it. Okay. Let's delve into Bond. Mm-hmm. Good I'm old Mr. Connery. Good. Yeah. Robert Shaw. Oh, you've you've done it now. You've got me talking about Robert Shaw. I'll go on for three hours about Robert Shaw. Yep, and um, it's about time we did some James Bond on this show. Well, yeah. Bit of old Bond never... It's nice to, nice to revisit some old Bond every now and again. Even if it's questionable in its sexism. Yes, I don't, highly I do, questionable, I, and I bet we will be talking about that as well. Well, I would assume so. That's a part of Bond is his sexism, isn't it? So, yep, it's probably probably going to be a good uh, a good discussion point. But I know we haven't been going so long uh, on this. Episode. I think this is our shortest episode. It's a you. It's a tippy typical kind of length but i feel like we've said all we needed to say i feel like we've got across what we wanted to both say on which finer general yeah i've given my viewpoint you've given your drastically different viewpoint <laughs> we've been over a few highlight scenes we've talked about what was good what was bad um tell anyone that doesn't know what we did on monday uh, on Monday, um, we were invited on another lovely talk show hosted by our friend uh, Troy Loxton, and uh, we've mentioned him a lot, Raul Rodriguez. Um, Raul, hey Raul, we love you, we don't, we hate you. <laughs> no, we we, we spoke you. about like A Quiet Place, and uh, I briefly talked about blockers before I got on to criticising Raul for not reading books. And <laughs> we, we just... Ha- we just had a good fun time. Uh, we'll it probably really have the link fun. in the description for this. Uh, I- yeah, I'd love to will. go back to the Monday show. Honestly, Troy's a really funny guy, and so I'd... is Raul. Yeah, I'd love to go back there. They're both they're both lovely. It will that uh, yeah. The link for that will uh, will definitely be in the description of uh, of whatever platform you are watching or listening to. I should say this on. It was a great. It was a fun time. It really, really was. Um, other other plugs for Nolan. I know he's he likes uh, plugging his his groundbreaking video essays. Uh, I, I I wouldn't call this one groundbreaking, but I, I think would. it was necessary. Um, you know, um, I, I like I said this last week. There wasn't enough white guys on the internet talking about the Last Jedi, so I've joined that crowd. But uh, I didn't want to talk about it in a positive or negative way, so I kind of approached the way the fan response has been and how uh, that can be changed. So check that out. It's uh, The Last Jedi um, Perception versus Reality. Um, I don't know what I'm going to be doing for my next uh, stories as lessons. I might put a poll up. I mean, Infinity Wars around the corner, so I may end up doing one on a Marvel movie, per- possibly Iron Man cool. 3 or Age of Ultron or something like that. I, I might put a poll up for that. But I also hear, speaking of creepy horror, you <laughs> have been getting right into the old um, audiobook readings of classic well, ghost stories. Well, we all know by now that I like reading ghost stories and putting those readings on the YouTubes. Uh, yeah, there's another one of those out uh, yesterday, as you're listening to this on friday if if you do listen to it on fridays you might listen to it next thursday 
In which case, you might be, be listening to it tonight before you go to sleep, just like I do. Who the who the hell knows when you're listening to this episode of It's a Wonderful One? But yeah, uh, new ghost. I bet there's someone out. listening to it in the bathtub, and it's probably Raoul. Raoul, if you're listening to this in the bath, please do not tell us that you are in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> or send selfies. I certainly do not do that. Oh dear God, that image is now in my head and I have to sleep soon. But yes, well, that's, you know... If you that, can handle uh, Witchfinder General, you can handle that. <laughs> I don't think so, I think it... Um, sorry, sorry Raul. This is even worse than what we were saying on Monday. <laughs> calling him out for being racist. Um... But yes, I love this show. As, as as we all know, twice a week, new ghost story readings out on the Purple Dawn YouTube channel. Just search Purple Dawn on YouTube, you'll find it. Uh, and yeah, keep checking out this show. Check out the other ones we've done. We're on 10. Let's make it to 100. Yay! Hell to the yeah, boy! And uh, if you are on, if you are not on YouTube, if you are on audio only, please rate and review, uh, and be nice if you want to be nice. You can be horrible if you want to be horrible. It's still a review. Uh, <laughs> um, if but if you are on YouTube, please sub to the channel and go on over to the featured channels where you will find my channel and Nolan's channel and watch all the all the good stuff on there where you will find Nolan's video essays my ghost story readings and uh, and a bunch of other stuff I am on the Twitters at the Purple Don with a 3 instead of the E in the because Patrice Evra at Nolan D27 and you can also find me at Stories Ask Lessons and speaking of which I did mention Kimber at the beginning of this episode. She made a nice special appearance in my latest video essay, along with her fiance Tom Bennis, which was quite lovely. So go check that out. We'll uh, we'll, we'll plug at Kimber Batch OSP at Odd Shape Panel. Go and check out Odd Shape Channel as well on YouTube. They are both glorious people, and I am their wedding officiant. So yes, Nolan. It's not your episode, technically, but see us out. And uh, if you like this episode, then we'll see you next week for some good old Bond. And until then, goodbye. Name's Bond. James Bond. Bye, guys. <laughs>